That was reaching way back to Shirley Caesar. And that is Jesus, I love calling your name. You know, I'm, I arrived at the, the church as I usually do. And, you know, I, I had plugged up the bass guitar and I, and just wanted to play some, some gospel songs, you know, uh, play unto the Lord. And when I was younger, my grandfather used to play rhythm guitar or lead guitar. So he would sit in his bedroom, his, his me time, me time in the Lord time. And he would sit and sing uh, songs unto the Lord. And that is one of the greatest memories that I have of him besides him going fishing on Saturdays and learning how to clean fish you know, that was awesome for, for a young man. And when I say young, I mean, I think I was maybe about six years old. But that memory has stuck with me. And here I am today. I play the bass guitar and I put it down for a while, but then I picked it back up and was uh, tuning it up, but could not get the D string to tune. Something is out of whack, out of sorts, so I'm gonna have to take it in and have it service. But, you know, as I was doing that and listening to songs, this particular song, uh, I Love Calling Your Name, uh, it was a song that my youngest, my son, uh, was very, and still is, very fond of. I watch his reaction when this song is played, and he's a, young man now handling business, but there's something about this song that bring up memories, you know? And so for the, those of you that are tuning in, let me, let me do this the, the right way. Bless you, Jesus. Mighty God. Welcome to Inside the Pages presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 East Pasadena Street, Pomona, California. This is Pastor Carl. Our Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Uh, men focus uh, at 5 p.m. We have another, another discussion coming up on next Monday, so please join in at that time, 5 p.m. Tuesday, Bible study, 7 p.m. And on Saturdays, uh, the Lord has enlarged our borders. We are on KKLA. Um, Dot com, uh, which is their live stream for their FM radio station, 99.5. And so we're all over the L.A. basin, uh, you know, declaring the word of God, which we believe. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. We believe the best way to face opposition. And I, I, I want to underline that. I want to highlight that. I want to make sure that that's emphasized. We believe the best way to face opposition, life to day to day task, whatever you're doing is by obedience to the word of God. It covers it all. On the job, obey your masters, obey those that have a rule over you, ask unto the Lord. It covers everything. It covers studying, study to show yourself approved you know, and wisdom. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask God. So we're covered in all areas if we apply the word of God. And I, I am really stressing that as well. And that is making application of the word of God. The Bible says, and they continue daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, Praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Now, um, we're in our consecration Monday through Friday. Uh, that means no meat uh, if it has a vertebrate or if it or if it doesn't have one, but it swims, flies, walks on four, hop, leave it alone. And to keep from transgressing this consecration uh, on Saturday morning at, at 12.01 through Sunday at 11.59, you free. Uh, just don't transgress the, tra the consecration Monday through Friday. 
And, you know, it's all about souls. We're not praying for things. We're praying for souls. And those, if you, if you are looking for employment, if you're looking for opportunity, if there's something that you have a need under your roof, um, ask the Lord for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. You will not go wrong. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And so I want to, you know, there, there are several things that I said I want to stress, and I, I hope you got it. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this song from 19, uh, from, from when I heard it in 1990. And I, I'm just want to, I want to just talk tonight. Just want to talk about a few things. And, you know, I believe in being real. I believe in transparency uh, because you, you ain't been saved all your life. And so, you know, there was a time that I said, I made a declaration that I was never going to church. I was not going to church. Nope. Uh, that door, I was closing that door. I was shutting it down. And my children, I have two boys, two girls, uh, and they were, all of them were under the age of 12 at that time. And so they would go to church. Uh, the, the pastor who became my pastor would pick them up for church. Uh, and, and they would request prayer for, for me. Uh, at the end of the service, they hands, <laughs> they little hands would go up. And everyone knew what they were about to say. Pray for my daddy. Pray for my daddy. And that was echoed uh, from all of them to pray for their dad. You know, their dad had become a workaholic, to, to say the least. And I was not, I had no intentions on going to church. There were a number of things that was in my mind. And church was not one of them. But God was hearing their prayers. The Bible says, out of the mouth of babe and sucklings come a perfect prayer. I don't think they ever imagined what their prayer would become. And we're very close. And we're, we're very close. We're close-knit family. And we talk about things. We're pretty open. They never thought, because I, I didn't think it, what God was going to do. And so I used to love going to work, like I said, a workaholic. I had liberties at work that, you know, you could actually get in trouble for. And I used to love to, to, to really um, uh, get busy at work, fight and carry on. Uh, Cause I could get away with it. I could get away with it without going through details, you know, and all of a sudden the fear began to come up on me. I remember becoming, uh, that fear was so much that you, you would have to say it was, it was becoming terrifying. And I realized that there was something, someone bigger than me, because I, I thought I was pretty tough. And I, I changed jobs and I began working and I found myself in the Hollywood Hills, uh, working a detail and I was on overlooking the city, just, just chilling and, you know, um, and the fog rolled in. This fog rolled in so thick that I couldn't see my way off of the edge of that hill. If I had went too far to the wrong side, I would have rolled, me and that vehicle would have rolled down the side of the mountain. And I began to pray because I realized at that moment that I was in the valley of decision. It was a, a call. It was a stirring. And I cried out on that hillside and said, Lord, I don't want to go into the hospital. I don't want to lose my life. I don't want to uh, die in sin. And it's, I went to the pastor 
And I expressed that to the pastor. I said, I don't want him to kill me. I don't want him to put me in the hospital to get my attention. Here I am. Now, re remember, I said I had called myself shutting it down. I said I wasn't I was not going to church anymore. I, uh, I as far as calling on the name of Jesus, that was not a thought in my mind like like Shirley Caesar was singing. Uh, I love the name now. I haven't I have not stopped calling on the name of the Lord since that day. There's somebody out there that maybe have been in the same situation or might be in the same situation right now. Were they ready to, to throw their hands up and just felt like, you know, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do, how I want to do it, when I want to do it, as long as I'm working and taking care of my family and doing those things, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. And I'm not going to be concerned about my soul salvation or anything like that because Right now, I am feeling a certain way because of what has transpired in life. Well, I realize that what people do is why are we blaming God for what someone else do? Why are we or why do we get upset because a spouse acts up and we blame God for it? Why do we get upset? Because someone that was close to us, uh, their time has come and they passed. They, they, we know life is a temporary assignment. Uh, there's, everyone is, is born and they're going to die. But we get bent out of shape and upset and angry, angry with God that my mother died. I'm angry. My father died. I'm angry. I'm so upset that now I am angry with God because I knew the day was going to come that they were going to leave here, but I wasn't ready. I didn't want that to happen. That's the way some people talk. It could have been them that left here unprepared. So there's an opportunity to become prepared. So I felt that I didn't want to was not going to call on the name of the Lord, but those prayers was going up and the Lord was listening. I would wait. I wouldn't go to bed. I wouldn't go to sleep. I was restless and I didn't want to close my eyes until I heard them coming home. I was afraid. I was fearful. I begin to think about how quickly the Lord could come. There is no, nobody has a clock. You don't have a calendar. I don't have one. I don't have a watch. I don't have a I, what is I don't know, the iPhone watch, whatever you want to call it, an Android watch. I don't have anything and neither does anyone else. I don't care how long they sit down and try to do the math on, the, uh, on when the trump shall sound and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then the then we which are alive, no one has that time. It is only in God's mind and his alone. You're a fool if you uh, walk around preaching and telling someone that you know the exact date, that you know the year, and don't no, no, you don't. That's against the scripture. I'm being I'm being plain tonight. I'm playing pretty much anytime, but listen. So I would read my Bible when they were absent. And then when they, when I heard them coming up the stairs, ready to make the entrance into the house, I would slide my Bible underneath the bed, act like I was asleep. Didn't, didn't want them to know I was reading, but I was terrified. Their prayer was at work. Maybe there's somebody in your life that you're praying for. I want to encourage you, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying for your children. Don't stop praying for uh, your husband. Don't stop praying for your wives. Don't stop praying for your husband. Husbands, don't stop praying for your wives. Don't stop praying. Don't beat nobody up with the word. Don't hound no one. Be the example.
that God has called us to be. And so the day came that, as I said, I went to the pastor and I told the pastor, I confessed that I wanted God in my life the way he wants to be in my life, the way he desired. And here we are today. And I still feel the same as I did then. I feel like calling his name. No one has to be around me. I'm, I'm, children are grown, but they'll tell you where I'm at on a Tuesday, on a Sunday. They'll tell you where I'm at. They'll know what I'm doing. They know the standard. It was their prayer that brought me out from being a functioning dependent. There's some of you that are functioning dependents. Well, you know, a little bit, a little dab won't hurt you. A little dab adds up. The Bible said a, a, a little fox destroys the vine. A little leaven. Leavens the whole lump. And so uh, that little bit that was building up to become a lot. And there's, a, there's much more to the testimony that I could give where God has spared me from being six feet away from a nickel-plated 38, uh-huh, being brandished at me because he had plans. I didn't have plans, not these plans, but God had plans. He had plans and knew what I would do. Somebody may have felt like what you're dealing with, you don't want to call on the Lord. Call on you may feel that, uh, uh, well, pastor, that, that's you. Look, I'm an example of, a, of, of, of hundreds and thousands of people that have crossed that bridge. And I'm an example of hundreds and thousands of people that are standing at that bridge getting ready to cross it right now. And I'm telling you that you can do it. You can do it. All right. We're in the book of Daniel. The 12th chapter, let's start reading at the uh, first verse. You know, I want you to know that everything has an expiration. Everything has an expiration. Just want to remind you of that. I know you know that. You know, you go to the store and uh, the milk, there's milk that has an expiration. Uh, you know, the canned goods, even though they've been on the shelf. Maybe you bought some canned goods during the stay at home because uh, you were stocking up. And you haven't opened any of that that you purchased and some of it may be expired already. You put freezer, put meat in the freezer and that meat uh, gets freezer burned because it hasn't been cooked. Uh, it, it expired. And so everything has an expiration. There, there is an expiration and we need to pay attention to that. And at that time shall Michael stand up. First verse. The great prince which standeth for the children of thy people and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation. Even to that same time and at that time thy people shall be delivered. Everyone that shall be found written in the book. Remember I talked about the book is about you. This book is about you. Everyone that is found written in the book. The time of trouble is gonna be greater than when Noah built an ark. The time that it took him to carve the wood, cut it, carve, nail, hammer, collect animals, you know, at the same time being a witness to others that is going to rain. God's judgment is going to be poured upon the earth. This time of trouble, it, 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 that doesn't compare. That was a cruise line compared to what is going to occur. That was a love boat. I'm going to put it that way. That was a love boat compared to what is going to transpire. Now, I'm just using that in comparison. Because he said there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was 
a nation. And many of them that sleep, that could include you. Many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. So those that are asleep at this moment, those that will fall asleep moving forward from the time that we're in, is going to wake up. Some to everlasting life. Everyone likes to put a claim on that. I'm going to wake up to everlasting life. But the Bible says, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Shame. Because you could have been clothed in righteousness. I cannot imagine what would have become, I know what would have become, but I'm just saying I cannot imagine the anguish had those prayers fallen on deaf ears. I could not imagine life and the end of life to wake up ashamed. Uh, today, uh, April 19, 2022, you've had the experience up to this day or sometime in your life that, that you felt shame. Maybe there's something that you did in your life that you don't want anyone to ever know about. You're so glad that there is a, what we call, uh, referred to as a seat of forgetfulness. You're glad that you can be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin and come up walking in the newness of life. Old things are passed away. Because there are some things that you know that no one else knows that you don't ever want to be exposed. And that's all right. God doesn't want those things to be exposed either. He would rather that you be clothed in righteousness than shame. Adam and Eve were ashamed because they did the very thing that God said not to do. Adam, don't eat, don't eat of that tree. And it's not an apple. I don't know where that apple came from, just like I don't know where some other things that, that we have come from. But I can tell you this with all assurance and certainty, it's not in the Bible. Adam, don't eat of that tree. Because the day that you eat from it, you shall surely die. Now, Adam passed that information on. But Adam also was like many are today. You know, uh, people are starstruck. Well, if if. If uh, Urkel said it, you know, Urkel is an actor, movie star. If Urkel said it, then, um, then it must be true. You know, he has his own talk show. If Mrs. Urkel said it, it must be so because she has written three books. And she has her own talk show. If they say, everyone call upon the God that you serve, it don't matter but just call upon the God you serve, then it must be okay to serve a mountain, to be polytheistic, to have multiple gods. When the Bible plainly says, hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. Not talking about one in agreement with, with two or three, five, six, seven others, but one. When you read through the scripture, it talks about one throne, one chair, that one person is occupying, just one. It doesn't take three gods to destroy one devil. God is sovereign. He stands alone. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. Daniel and his friends served one God. Israel is a monotheistic nation, just like the true church. Church is monotheistic, one bride, the bride of Christ. 
And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as bright as the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Those that be wise. Those that witness the purpose of us being here is to be a witness. We are a continual witness. We're living epistles written and read uh, for men. We're living epistles. The testimony that I gave is part of my writing history. It is part of his story of how he changed my life and the vessels that he used to make it happen. And so those that be wise shall shine as bright as the firmament and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, Daniel, here we go. Shut up the words and seal the book. Daniel, this, this is a secret. Now, God reveals secrets to those that fear him. God reveals secrets to his friends. When he uh, met, when he came purposely intent manifested himself, him and, uh, and a few servants, two angels, uh, came down and visited Abraham. Abraham uh, told his servant, go and slaughter a lamb, barbecue it. And while Abraham and the Lord uh, had some barbecue, the two angels went down to Sodom and Gomorrah to deliver Lot and his family. He told Abraham what he was going to do. He shared a secret. He shared the purpose. Daniel, the purpose is being revealed. I'm letting you know what is going to happen in the future. Now, Daniel uh, had consecrated his life unto the Lord. Daniel was, was, had a focus on the God of Israel. Daniel was curious as to their situation. And so therefore he began to read the book of Jeremiah. And the Lord dispatched the angel to come and open his understanding to explain to him. While Daniel prayed, Daniel was not caught up in, in, they didn't have it there, but the principle and the, the, the very thing that we base our social media off of, and that is conversation. Daniel was curious and wanted to know. Today, people are asking questions. And then, uh, they're like, well, you know what? I really don't want to know. I'd rather do a TikTok video, you know, and something else and, you know, try to uh, reach a, a level of fame and, you know, glamour and, you know, and I'm not talking about people out the church. I'm talking about people in the church. I, I want to, you know, it don't take all of that is what people have echoed for years. It don't take all of that. They they said that uh, then. They don't take all of that. And they're saying it, they said it uh, in years previous, and they're saying it even today. It don't take all of that. Well, since you know it don't, or at least you're making that declaration, then tell us what do it take. Since you're outside the word of God saying it doesn't take all of that, then you must have uh, you must have something that we don't know. Where did you get it from? Did you, did you ask Master Google? You know, if it's on the internet, then it must be real. Or did you go into the word of God and cherry pick what you wanted to take from it? He that believeth, 
uh, shall not be condemned. Did you did you just cherry pick that one verse and say, well, I believe in God and you left off the applications that. Nope. Salvation is is not uh, it is not. A, well, let me put it this way, because I've heard people say, well, you know, there is no particular uh, pattern that you must do to be saved. You know, uh, all you do, all you have to do is believe in God and you're OK. Holy Spirit, come in me overcome me and I I can feel the Holy Spirit that is nowhere in the scripture that's nowhere there you won't find that anywhere in the Bible the Bible said holy men uh, wrote the scriptures as the Holy Ghost the, the Spirit of God moved upon them David King David prophesied as the Holy Ghost moved upon him. Then on this side of the of Malachi, I don't want to say on this side of the cross because John was in the womb when Mary met Elizabeth and John leaped and was filled with the Holy Ghost while in the womb. And then the Lord breathed on his disciples and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And when they went back on the day of Pentecost, it didn't happen at that moment. But on the day of Pentecost, when they were all on one accord, that's why it's important when you go, when you gather together in the service of the Lord, that everyone don't think about that, uh, that imaginary roast that you have in the oven. You did not put a roast in the oven before you left coming to church. You knew you needed gas Saturday. You didn't get it. Don't be sitting in service thinking about it on Sunday that you got to go to the gas station. We're supposed to be in the now, in the moment, in God's presence. I'm just talking to you tonight. In God's presence. In the moment. And so when they were in the upper room, they were in the moment. All of them. The 120 that went, the 380 that heard the instructions and went the opposite direction did not get the same thing. Don't know what happened to them. I know they didn't get what the or receive what the 120 received in that moment. And so the, the, the Bible said the spirit of the Lord came in as a rushing mighty wind and filled the house where they were sitting. And they begin to speak in other tongues as the spirit of God gave utterance. So it was not a good feeling, feeling fuzzy, uh, uh, that good, warm, fuzzy feeling that I feel all nicey right now. No, it was the power of God that came in and moved through the room, impacting and filling those that was that was obedient to the word of God with his spirit. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. There's, a, there's an expiration. There's something coming to an end. There's something that's going to happen. But before it happens, many are going to run to and fro. People are going to be running about doing whatever they do. Now, I don't know if Daniel saw TWA, uh, uh, if he saw Southwest Airline. I don't know all that he saw. If he saw a... A uh, bullet train, I don't, but he knew that the mobility of mankind would be great. Did he see them go into space? He saw something. He saw many running to and fro. And knowledge shall be increased. Haven't you noticed we live in a day and time where knowledge has increased? Children in our day, you know, I, I in our day, children are playing with technology. It's the norm for them. That now that's a normal thing. It's the norm. That is a norm. Okay, we're gonna call that a norm. Leaving the affections of a man, uh, the affections and the natural use of a woman is not the norm. Romans state that very clearly in the first chapter. Argue with Romans. Don't argue with me. 
Technology is a natural, is a norm for them. And they cling to it very easily. Some of you grew up without the technology. You, you, you had skates. You had skateboards. You had bicycles. You played football, basketball, tetherball. And, and when, the, when the rim busted or something broke, the tetherball got flat, you would put it in a bag and stuff it until, it, until you made a new tetherball out of it. The game kept going. When the hoop broke, or if you didn't have a hoop, you took a bicycle rim that the spokes was broken out of and nailed it up at the top, at the tip top of the garage to have a basketball hoop. Mm-hmm. You took sticks and rode them like they were horses. Am I am I aging myself here? Don't don't think I'm old because I. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not that far, but I know those things. I know what those things meant compared to where we are today. Our technology, I remember getting a NFL football game and you put the little man on there and it had the little green bottom and you had to play with the little brush on the bottom in order to get the man to run a certain way as the board vibrated, because that's all it was doing was vibrating the man around the board. That was something. But technology has increased. Some of your jobs are dealing. Matter of fact, there's not, I don't know too many that don't have a job that does not involve technology. If you're a truck driver, you're dealing with tariffs and you're dealing with dims and different things. And all of that is being, you're using a gun to scan the image of the product that you're about to load on. Technology is involved in everything. So that's logistics. If you're working in an office, you're using technology. Knowledge has increased. Just like the Lord said it would. It's important to utilize what we have. It's important to learn as much as you can. Now, the word of God has already given us some insight to some things. And so at your children that are growing up, you know, as long as the Lord should tarry, you know, well, knowledge is going to increase. Well, that's an opportunity. Look, there are people that are looking. I mentioned if you're looking for a job, ask God for wisdom, knowledge, understanding, you know, to go along with your studies, to go along with your diligence. They want to phase out. They're not they're not going to phase out. But, you know, they talk about phasing out gasoline powered vehicles. Um, but at the same time that opens up a new opportunity because battery operated, hello, somebody, someone's going to have to maintain that. And there's people already ahead of the game and already involved in it. What are we doing? Praying about it? What are we doing? Uh, I'm waiting on the Lord. What are we doing? There's an opportunity that has presented itself and we're looking at it, admiring it. Ooh, one day I'm going to get me a Tesla. Why don't you learn how to fix a Tesla? You won't have a problem buying one. We need to pay attention to what the word of God is saying. The information that God is giving us. Fifth verse. Then I, Daniel, look and behold, there stood two other, the one on this side of the bank of the river and the other on that side of the bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, how long shall it be to the end of these wonders? When is this going to stop? When is it going to come to an end? I, I, I'm realizing that it's not going to go on continually. There is an expiration to this. And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river. When he held up his hand, his right hand and his left hand unto the heavens and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, times and a half. So there is a season that certain things are going to occur. There is a season three and a half, I'll just tell you a three and a half year season where there is a continual 
time of peace, but then that peace treaty is going to be broken. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. Expiration is going to come to an end. Well, during that time, that's the holy people of God. This Daniel is seeing what's going to happen with the nation of Israel. He is not looking at what is going to happen, particularly for you. No, no. You were not in the vision. This vision was about the promise that God made to uh, about his people that a remnant shall be saved. And I heard, but I understood not. Listen, for those that feel you got to know it all, you, you don't have to know it all. Nobody knows it all. Daniel didn't. Daniel's right there in the presence of the servant of the Lord. And he still said, I don't get it. I don't understand that this is overwhelming. There's some things that God will show you that you will just ponder in your heart. It's not intended for you to talk about it with everyone, but for you to pay attention to what he showed you and to live according to his will. Then said I, oh my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Daniel, you're going to be asleep. Daniel, you're, not, you're going to be rested up. You're not going to be walking around uh, Babylon. You're not going to be walking in the land of Judah. You're not going to be walking in Jerusalem. Uh, Samaria, any other place when this occurs. And from that time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away. But here's a hint. And the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a, a, a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blesses he that waiteth and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. Now, when the Antichrist uh, causes the desolation, the abomination of desolation, which is spoken about, um, to occur, those the, the the trouble, the time of Jacob's trouble is going to uh, you won't be here. The church, the church of God, the church right now, as you know it today would have come to an end. The dead in Christ are, that are caught up and then we which are alive. So those that are here during that tribulation period that will, the, the holy people that are that are going to experience that is the remnant of Israel. And you, you read about that in Revelation where it talks about the 144,000. I'm going to ask this question, why risk it? Knowing that there is an expiration of everything, you buy a car, it's going to expire. Your tags expire. The, the, the gears in the car are made to last for a certain season, and then they're going to, it's going to wear down. It's supposed to wear down after 10,000 miles, and this component in the car is supposed to wear down after, after 30,000 miles. Some, some of you might have a BMW. You ever notice BMW's warranty on their transmission and drivetrain and stuff stops at 50,000 miles and don't go no further? It's intended. It's purpose. It's not to give you longevity in that vehicle. Now, you can keep it and you can keep it maintained. That's your prerogative. But it has a warranty that wears out. At, we're unlike when you go and buy a Chevy or a Chrysler or something like that. It, oh, here's a 100,000 mile warranty train. That's intentional. Blesses he that waited and come into the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. But go thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. When there's the expiration of everything. When the end to sin, and Daniel was looking for an end to sin. As you have studied and followed with us in the book of Daniel, 
the Messiah would come and he would be cut off, making it end to sin. And, and he would establish his kingdom. If you look at all the visions that Daniel was seeing, they were about the end time. They were about, God was blessing Daniel. Daniel at no time, and this is what I love about the book of Daniel when I read it, oh man, is because at no time am I reading Daniel and he's praying, Lord, give me, give me, give me. Me, myself, and I. It's none of that. I'm sure he had his concerns. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But his main concern was, am I pleasing God? He had to go to school. Uh huh. He was in a three-year crash course, if that's what you want to call it. He was in a three-year bachelor of science degree program. He had to learn the language of the Chaldeans and astrology, science, math, and all of that in order to stand in the presence of the king. And at the same time, be saved. Well, what's that song? I'm only human. And so I'm subject to make mistakes. Don't, don't claim that. The Bible never never said that. The Bible said, walk before men be perfect. That's what you tell Abraham. So can you do that? If God tells you to do something, as he has told all of us to do, and that he said, be holy for I'm holy. And without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. So that means that Daniel, Daniel, you're going to stand in your lot. You're going, the time is going to come, you're going to go to sleep, and then you're going to rest, and you're going to stand in your lot at the end of the days. Daniel lived a holy life. Holy, H-O-L-Y. He lived that life unto the Lord. Can you live that life unto him? Yes, you can. Can I live that life unto him? Yes, I am. Because without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And the Lord has already testified about Daniel's faithfulness by saying that if Daniel stood before me, and he was telling this to Ezekiel, if Daniel stands before me right now during this time of, of chastisement up on Israel, he wouldn't be able to save anybody but himself. If Daniel has sons, daughters, a wife, uh, family members, it, it, it's not going to do them any good. That's Daniel's life. They have to live their own life. The life that Joe relative mom dad grandmother whomever you want to name that you felt was was living a, a sanctified life unto the lord uh, and god blessed them and they were you have to live a sanctified life for yourself not through someone else but for yourself as i was testifying earlier they they prayed for me uh, and but after they prayer and God stirred my heart up, it then became my responsibility to take it from there and to live a sanctified life. They never thought in their prayers. They were just saying, pray for my daddy to come to church. They didn't know their daddy would become the brotherhood president to become the uh, assistant, the deacon, then assistant, head deacon, then the, uh, associate minister, and, and then on into the pastoral ship with the blessing of the pastor with the ordination of the bishop. They didn't know none of that would happen. Neither did I. My heart's desire, even at this moment, is to be a good brother, to be saved. That is it. There's responsibilities that come that God has called all of us into. What is your responsibility this evening? Each one of you that are listening right now, what has God called you to do? What has God placed in your heart? Are you doing it? What have you been asked to do to help further the ministry that you're not doing, that you've forgotten about, that you've made excuses for? What is it? What is it that's required of you? I was reading Romans, the, the, the eighth chapter, about the 22nd verse said, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain until together until now. And not only they, but, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the redemption to wit, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. But what a man seeth, why do he hope for it? 
But if we hope for that we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknew, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified. Whom he justified, them he also glorified. For now we see, Corinthians 13 and 12, for now we see, through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. Like Daniel, we know very little, but we have enough. We just need to follow the instructions of the apostle Peter. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord God shall call. And with many other words did he exhort saying, save yourself. This is the instructions we need to follow. Save yourself from this untorn generation. Be consistent. Have some tenacity about yourself as men. Have your ten some tenacity about yourself as women, as people of God. There's no reason for us to be up, down, level to the ground, none of that. There's no reason for that. It doesn't mean you're not gonna have challenges. Opportunity is gonna present itself. A challenge sometimes is opportunity. But let's not be like water. Let's not be unstable. Let's not be double-minded in any way. But let's hold on to sobriety. Let's hold on to what God has given us and be grateful, be thankful. And, and as I said uh, earlier, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding would take you places that you could not go on your own. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding will get you through the door of different things. It will even get you out of trouble that you might find yourself in sometime. Wisdom, knowledge, and wisdom will tell you to be quiet. You might want to argue your case, but wisdom will say, uh, close your mouth. Don't say nothing. There's nothing for you to say. And by you being quiet, they might even think you're a fool and say, get out of here. Well, you just got the victory. <laughs> that was them thinking you was a fool, but don't mean that you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness and grace. Lord, we thank you for this time, this opportunity that you've given us. And praying, Lord God, and ask that you would help us to govern ourselves with sobriety according to thy word. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you're looking for a church home, growth ministry, stop by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, 524 East Pasadena Street, Pomona, California. Join us in praise and worship at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. Continue to pray for us as we are praying for you. God bless you.
It's good to know him.